So we begin the day gathering together and coming to this <clears throat> this shrine room, a place of, of recollection, chanting, bowing, reflecting on the qualities of the, the Buddha, Dhamma, <coughs> Sangha, these refuges, place of safety, something precious, something enduring, it's sometimes referred to as the triple gem, a very precious, beautiful, something that cannot be harmed. always there. Whether we're aware of it, whether we're aware of these refuges or not, uh, they're always there something we can recollect, something we can can align ourselves with. And over these days, reminders, just to begin to have a, a sense that there is something secure, something we can turn to, something that can support us in our lives, the human in this world. Which is so, the world of conditions is so changeable, so unsettled, so unstable. Many people, they look for their security in amassing vast wealth. They take refuge in positions of enormous power. They feel they can control people around them, the world that we live in. Not realizing that wealth, power, control, we can't control the world we live in. Aspects of it that are completely beyond our control, no matter how rich, how powerful, how successful we are. We can't control it. So there can be the illusion of control, which can uh, be a kind of pseudo-refuge for many years, perhaps. Uh, But ultimately, it all falls apart.
But the Buddha presented a teaching, presented a, an example, an encouragement to look deeper, to look in a different uh, mode uh, for what is secure, what does endure, what can support us. no matter what's happening within or around us. At first it sounds like just a, an interesting teaching, a nice idea. Maybe it doesn't have very much meaning, very much significance for us. But as we begin to apply this in our lives, in our own experience, the lives that we live, the circumstances that we live in, and as we begin to experiment with turning in a different direction from the usual uh, values of society, success, fame, power, wealth, and so on, begin to uh, bring awareness to the present moment. The refuge in Dhamma, the refuge in knowing the Dhamma, the Buddha knows the Dhamma. Can we know how is it right now? Establishing a very secure, firm foothold in what's happening here, now, a base from which we can respond to whatever life presents us with, a base from which we can respond with confidence, <clears throat> this confidence grows as we practice, as we apply the teachings to our own lives. And faith makes us interested. Faith is the encouragement to apply the teachings, and then faith grows as we apply the teachings and find benefit. We experience benefit in our own lives. We're encouraged also by seeing the benefits in the lives of those around us, other people who have a similar interest, a similar aspiration. This is the value of Sangha, those who practice. Those who practice directly, Uju Patipano. Yeah. Uju means direct, going straight, directly to the to the suffering, to the struggle. Mm. Being willing to acknowledge it. Yes, there is suffering, there is a struggle right here. 
being willing to acknowledge the cause of the struggle, the wanting, or the not wanting, not wanting to be like this, not wanting it to be like this, wanting it to be like this. All the different ways that we struggle, trying to make things the way that we want them to be, trying to avoid having to acknowledge uh, fear, anxiety, sense of vulnerability, sense of inadequacy. Mm. sense of weakness. Fear of failure. But one who is an Uchupati Pano, one who practices directly, goes right to those very things that we so uh, despise and dislike about ourselves, willing to just go right there and investigate, let go. Understand that these are just constructs There is a sense of fear, failure, inadequacy, weakness, vulnerability, but it's only a sense. Something that's, it's our own appraisal of what we see as being me. We're really present, really present. There may be fearfulness in the heart. And we can be with that, we can acknowledge that. Establishing a sense of deep, peaceful acceptance. Okay, right now, it's like this. This is what it feels like. This is what's happening for me right now. Letting go of the struggle for things to be otherwise. The suffering, the stress. Acknowledging our desire, our wanting for something. And whatever it is, there's a particular quality to desire, to longing, wanting. We can acknowledge that. This is how it is. It'd be nice to have this thing, and it's okay not to have it. 
finding deep peace in the acceptance of things as they are. If we're sick, wanting to be well, fearful that we may not become well, when we let go of that struggle, that wanting, which is always pulling us into the future, looking forward to some time when we no longer have this sickness, when we rest in the present moment with things as they are, then the healing can really begin. There's a trust, there's a confidence in Dhamma. Instead of making things happen, simply enabling, allowing things to unfold in the best possible way. So reflecting on the refuge in Sangha, those people who in the time of the Buddha heard about him were interested, drew close, listened to the teachings, applied the teachings in their own lives. and experienced the benefits of those teachings. The relief, the release from all the struggles that comes from through not understanding, through looking in the wrong direction, for peace, through looking in the wrong direction, for satisfaction, for happiness. Stories about how in the time of the Buddha, people began to notice that the disciples of the Buddha were serene, that they had a very uh, striking quality of peacefulness and happiness. And as they went on their arms round, say, saw them conducting themselves with ease and grace, and people would ask, you know, how come your disciples are so calm and, and happy? How come they seem so so well, so at ease in themselves? 
In the time of the Buddha, there were many, many different religious teachers and religious sects, and they would be all kinds of uh, strange practices that people would involve themselves with, and going through tremendous self-torment and difficulties, and obviously the people in the society, the people of the time, would would notice these uh, ascetics, maybe not always looking very peaceful. (laughs) Uh, But they would comment that the disciples of the Buddha always looked very serene, very calm. And the Buddha would say, well, they don't lament over the past. They're not fearful for the future. They abide in the present. Therefore, they're peaceful. Abiding in the here and now. Dealing with the requirements of that. Rather than worrying about what's going to happen next. Or what what will happen if that happens? How will I respond if that happens? What am I going to do about that? So for today, we've, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We don't know how things are going to be, how things are going to unfold. But we can know this moment. How is it right now? How the body is right now? Some of you not very well, colds, maybe headaches, maybe sore knees. Maybe stomachache, toothache, headache. All these ailments that we might have, not feeling very good. So we can recognize that, we can notice that. We can find a place of peaceful acceptance rather than getting caught up in fear or anxiety about our condition. Oh dear, is it ever going to get better? Maybe it's going to get worse. This is how it is. The mind, you know, is this thinking ever going to stop? How can I how can I get my meditation together? How can I be a good practitioner? Am I doing all right? Are these kind of very natural concerns that can arise for us? And this is the way that we've been programmed. We've been programmed to succeed, to be a success, to do well. So naturally we want to do well. Because we get praised when we do well. Well done. It's nice when people say that to us. Well done, you've done well. 
we don't want to hear, you've not done very well, that wasn't very good. This is not music to our ears. You've done well, well done. It's pleasing. And so the whole of our life is a kind of struggle to maintain a sense of praise and being being all right, doing well, and a fear of not doing all, not doing all right, not doing well, being blamed. But with this practice, we, little by little, befriend even the things that we don't like. The fear of being blamed, the fear of failure. Letting go of that struggle to get the praise and to avoid the blame. That, that tension that we all experience until we learn how to let go, to trust the Buddha Dhamma Sangha as our refuge, rather than being driven by fear, not getting what we want, getting what we don't want. Over time, as we apply ourselves to going for refuge in knowing, to aligning ourselves with the Dhamma, the truth of this moment, cultivating a sense of trust and confidence in our capacity to do this, just as all of those men and women over thousands of years since the time of the Buddha have applied these teachings in the same way to their own lives and found benefit. As these refuges become more and more real for us, it becomes more natural to rest in the present. The knowing of this moment, to allow ourselves to know that we don't know, Ajahn Chah was brilliant at this. Funny story about when he was in London uh, and the Buddhist society were very keen. They, they invited him to come and give a talk at the Buddhist society in, in Eccleston Square. And uh, the time for this uh, engagement was drawing close and uh, people around Ajahn Chah would say, well, are you going to go and give the talk? And he said, why, no, not sure, don't know. Uh, getting quite agitated about this, you know, we, you, we need to know, are you, are you going to go give the talk? My no, don't know. And uh, people from the Buddhist society phoning up wanting to confirm, you know, the, the, the engagement to come and give a talk at a particular time on a particular day, and every time somebody asked Ajahn Chah, you know, well, you know, there's this talk, you know, you're supposed to be giving this talk at the Buddhist Society on such and such a day at such and such a time, you know, are you going to go? You know, are you are, are you available? My no, don't know. And everyone getting more and more 
anxious and agitated. <laughs> and then the kind of, eventually they, they decided to plan for him going anyway, whether he'd, <laughs> whether he'd confirmed it or not. And the car drove up. You know, having half an hour before saying, well, you know, are you going? We're there. And the car comes. Well, the car's here. Bye. Let's go. <laughs> so this willingness to, to not know, to live with that kind of uncertainty. And he was a, a great master, a teacher. And uh, he was able to get away with this. <laughs> but it was a very, very powerful teaching. It's something that we can all reflect on. Just how much anxiety we create around the future. Which is really uncertain, in actual fact. So I'm not suggesting that you... Uh, follow Ajahn Chah's example in uh, terms of uh, the world of convention. Uh, in the world we live, in the society we live in, we do. You know, you need to, to you need to make plans, you need to make arrangements. You know, there does to be need to be some measure of thinking about the future reflecting on what would be the best course of action, the most convenient way of doing something. So that's why we have calendars and diaries and things, just to keep us on track with what we've agreed. But to acknowledge that ultimately we don't know you know, things can change at any time. So there's a great resource in cultivating this capacity for presence because if we're always tied to our future plan, then if for some reason it doesn't work out, we can be very um, unsettled by that. Whereas if we cultivate the refuge in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, you know, mindfulness, present moment awareness, then when things do change, we're able to adapt easily. Dancing with Dhamma, adapting, flowing with life as it unfolds rather than being bound rigidly to some timetable, some plan. So we have the timetable, we have the plan, but we hold it very lightly. This may happen, it may not happen. If things go according to the plan, then this is how it will unfold, and it may not. And if it doesn't, that's perfectly okay. We can adapt, we can respond from a place of presence, a place of mindfulness, a place of awareness.
So this practice that we're doing together over these days is building up a tremendous resource for ourselves and for those around us. If we can maintain a sense of inner steadiness as conditions around us change, becomes like like an anchor keeps us in touch with dharma with truth we have the capacity to adapt in the best possible way from a place of inner calm inner balance and those around us will pick up on that you know human beings are not that different from animals who have a kind of sixth sense. And that's how they survive. In the same way we, we pick up on things. When we're inwardly at ease, we can attune to the circumstances around us, the people around us. So we take refuge in the Buddha, that which knows, which sees clearly things as they are. We take refuge in the Dhamma, the truth of this moment as we experience it directly, to be experienced individually by the wise. You might think, well, I'm not very wise, I don't think I can experience Dhamma. Well, that's just an idea. Each one of us has the capacity, if there's the willingness to apply ourselves, following the example of Sangha, those disciples of the Buddha who've practiced directly, insightfully, with integrity. We too can do this. taking each moment as it arises, responding from a place of calm, a place of knowing, a place of integrity.